Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. back it's episode 59 of Eurobash and we're in Dublin city centre today uh, because I am busy later on I can't get access to a car all this kind of wonderful stuff so we met up on the beautiful south side well, we're not, we are on the south side but we're, we're we are buying in the city centre of well I mean your commute was what 20 minutes up and on the road since about 8am yeah but you, li- you live in the sticks though you don't really live you in know Dublin you know what I mean listen bad form <laughs> it's a you're lovely, from Kildare it's a lovely day here isn't it uh, yeah it's it's poxy. It's really bad. It's really bad. There's weather, severe weather warnings for this evening in Dublin for rain. So, what a weekend, PT. Let's get to it, man. Yeah, Loads huge force. Huge, huge uh, weekend. Well, I didn't really watch anything else apart from ah, uh, UFC. Um, huge card, massive event, massive, massive event at Madison Square Garden. Of course, Jorge Masvidal running away with that fight against Nick Diaz. Nate Diaz, even unfortunately, the fight being called off in the third round. We'll talk all about that later. A uh, disappointing conclusion to the BMF situation there. Um, you know, before we get to the news, how, how did you how did you enjoy the event? I loved them. Yeah. One of the best cards I've watched in a long, long time. I think we spoke about some of the fights last week. They definitely delivered the ones we'd, we'd, yeah. we'd mentioned. Um, a real nice, I think, of positives for the world of mixed martial arts. And we needed it, even with, you know... Donald Trump being there. And yeah, that's huge. Like, and whether, whether you like him or you don't like him, the, the fact that amazing. he was at a UFC event was unbelievable. The traction was insane. Um, it was funny, right? Because uh, Dana White in the post fight press conference is going, uh, Barack Obama went to NBA <laughs> games, George but, Bush went to baseball games, yeah. but Trump goes to MMA. And I was like, what does that say about MMA? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it does, but it's, uh, listen, ju- just have those eyes on the sport for that night. And yeah, no, I agree with him in terms of that, you know. Why not go to mixed martial arts events? Why not go to the UFC? The UFC is a big brand nearly as... Uh, well, it's not far off it from where it's come from. Um, massive, massive night for the sport. And, you know, even saw the zone moving um, the start time of their fight to later on. And that just proves something that the UFC and UFC 224 was the hottest ticket in town in the United States last Saturday night. I usually stay up to watch the boxing as well, but I was so emotionally exhausted by the I end of it. It's like I turned it on, it's like an hello walking out, and I was like, ah, do you know what? I was knackered. I was knackered. I watched sport all day. I, I, the only time I, I sort of left the vicinity of the t- television on Saturday was um, to have a shower, and that was after the well, England. Fair play for having a shower. And Sometimes you don't even get that far. You know what I mean? Just ah, will you stop now? I hate smelly <laughs> people. Um, I watched sport all day. It was great. Had a you know just just a wonderful night. I was really really happy the way. Um, like Kevin Lee as well for example what a yeah. changed mentality and we spoke about that and to see a guy sort of mature in front of our eyes a special night for mixed martial arts I think yeah well look let's have a look at the latest news here for a second this is number one bullshit Darren Till successful in his middleweight debut in the co-main event of UFC 244 
uh, UFC working on Habib versus Tony for March, according to Dana White in the event's post-fight press conference. Conor McGregor charged with assault fine, a thousand euros last weekend. I believe it was Friday, November first. Uh, Walt Harris is out of his main event clash with Alistair Overeem at UFC Washington uh, due to the disappearance uh, of his stepdaughter. A lot of people. Um, chipping in with uh, reward money and stuff there now. It's a terrible, terrible situation. I hope that gets sorted. Yeah, definitely hear her. Uh, Cyril Gann, um, it will be back in action against Tanner Bosser in Busan, which he told us he would be interested in when he appeared on the Bash last week. Uh, Kadis Ibragimov uh, replaces Antikulov against Eddie Herman in Moscow this weekend. Charlie Ward v. Uh, Pietro Panini moved to Bellator, London. Uh, Ross Houston, this is a weird one. Ross Houston had a, a Polaris belt, but um, yeah, he wasn't too He happy. was forced out of it, throwing some shade at CW there. Yeah. Interesting though, like kind of understand it. Like I've said it, the man. champion, the champion not being allowed to compete in a. Well, Paddy Pembroke got injured. Well, he's fighting next week. I know, but he got injured. No, a few <laughs> months ago during the summer. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but it was the famous one is Brett Johns. It's Brett Johns. He as got well. uh, Tom Halpin ripped his knee off. I, I've spoke about it. I'm not for it. I think you know the promotion. I don't think you can argue with that. Yeah, I don't think you can argue with either. I think it's uh, it's something that needs to happen in mixed martial arts where these guys who are actively fighting on the roster shouldn't be allowed to compete in these events. I think it's it's, it's crazy to be honest. With you. Yeah, um, Miles Price just final bit of news. Miles Price is out of his belt with Alfie Davis. Um, he revealed that over the weekend as well. So that's a bit of a blow for Irish fans going to tune into that Bellator card um, just to run through a few of these maybe we'll leave the Till stuff and the, the yeah. 244 stuff to later on but um, what do you think of the news um, of Cyril Gann turning around like I mean I felt like when he was on the show last week it was pretty yeah. obvious that he was going to because he kept talking about South yeah, Korea like, I think if you look at his fight and the, and the victory he had he didn't take an awful lot of damage um, in that fight so I'm not too surprised with the turnaround I think he's a guy who wants to be very active in the division um, climb the roster, climb the scales and um, you know I've no problem he's young in his UFC career and his mixed martial arts pro career anyway as well so the more fights he can get in the better if he's no damage why not go ahead do it like this is the thing right after that was announced um, it came out that Walt was out of that fight yeah. with Overeem which I was glad to see to be honest because of the situation the oh yeah 100% 100%, 100%. Um, and I was like why don't you just put Gan in with Overeem and and then the people were going crazy <sighs> but I was like the reason why I'm saying this is because they're making Volkov v. Hardy I'm like, clearly we don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. And, and I mean, at least yeah. at least Overeem is in the same skill set wheelhouse as... Gan. As, like, you know, as Gan is a striker, Overeem's a striker. Like, I mean, he's an elite striker as well. So, I mean, I don't feel like it's going to be a devastating um, a devastating disparity in skill sets, you know? But maybe they just want to keep Cyril for a little bit longer. Maybe, you know... I feel like he, they want him to headline that event, right? In, so what he Paris. said to us, he wants him... Well, like, the yeah. first French event. Yeah, yeah, 100%. That's what I think they're, they're probably aiming to do there because, um, you know, as, as you said, there's been so much hype around this guy. And maybe there's just a slower push there. Maybe they're not as excited as Greg Hardy. Maybe, maybe Dana's trying to throw him to the Wolves after those two mistakes. And listen, at least they removed it from main event in Moscow this weekend. Um, but in terms of Gagne, I have no problem with him, uh, with him fighting in, in Korea. Interesting this with Ross Houston, right? Like, I get it, right? He, he's, he's proven that he's, he's worthy of the yeah. UFC pretty much, and he's in that situation where he's waiting for it. But I, I've seen this too many times where guys are just that one fight away, and they start getting thick with... Promoters. Yeah. And look, I understand you get a lot more money off cage where you, if Bellator if you go yeah. there and stuff, but do you want to be in the UFC? That's the question. That is, and that was a big debate this week. Like, I mean, before he fought Dalby, he gave me, like, all this about how he wouldn't want to go to Bellator. Not that he's suggesting that he wanted to go over Bellator, but he's 
He does seem annoyed, right? He does seem disgruntled yeah. by his situation. Yeah, he does. But like at, at the end of the day, if he's talking about Paul Harris and getting in there and, and wanted to, to do that, um, you know, keep your eyes in the game in hand. And that's going out there in that division and, and, and beating guys. And listen, he's not too far away if Nicholas Dalby's oh, getting he's right signed. There, like. He's right there. So I don't understand the disgruntledness. Stick it out for another little bit, another little while. And you'll ultimately get to the big show if you're with Cage or as you've seen it happen time and time again. Um, you know, Joy Herbert, for example, as you know, Graham said to us last week that um, he's pretty much in talks with the UFC over signing him. So, like, Houston is right there. Yeah. So, calm down, bud. And, yeah, know. I understand it's restraining. Like, yeah. it's just from what he said, I just pulled it up here. He said, uh, it's Facebook, yeah. Not fucking happy at all. Feel pretty trapped, to be fair. I I'll, I've give, gave my health and heart for them over my seven fights company. And look, I, I can understand why he feels like that, but welterweight's on fire right now. Yeah, You're the champion listen, at the division. And I think it is as well, obviously the Lura Bella toward the money. And, you know, we know guys, um, I don't know, I'm obviously naming them, but have turned down contracts from Bellator. Oh, yeah. Um, because they want that dream of fighting in the UFC. And if you listen, if you're going to come out, and I saw a lot of stuff last week, if you're going to come out and talk rubbish. We'll talk about that later yeah, on because we're doing but, the preview. But, but, but that is it, listen. It's a slower burner if you're going into Cage Warriors, if you want to go to the UFC. It's obviously... Um, we'll get into this later on. Yeah, I think but, like, but that's, the, that's, the, that's the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. What I'm saying here is that, you know, if you want to stick it out, it's a slower burner. I know the frustrations are there, but you've chosen that path, so stick to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just a few talking points. We'll move on from the news. Um, a cautionary end to the BMF title fight. I mean... Look, I feel like if it's if it's anywhere else in the world that fight's continued, um, New York are known to be extra yep. cautious. Um, it's in this kind of sport, it's hard to be angry about that, I guess. But I do feel like if you if you are going to be officiating a Diaz contest and you haven't seen his um, propensity mm. to get caught in that exact spot yeah. every single fight, I mean, do a bit of you do your due diligence. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, come in and know where the guy has scar tissue. But the one thing I will say. And I did even retract this on social media. You know, I thought it looked worse afterwards. Obviously, when we saw a close-up of his face, it was hanging off. Gordon Dana White. It, it didn't look great, man. If you looked at the uh, images, the Getty images put out, and it, it was pretty nasty looking. So, the more I see it um, after the broadcast, broadcast, I was you know raging. Why is this being stopped? Why is this being stopped? And then I looked at it, you know, ten minutes after when there was a close-up, and, and Getty put a few images out. It looked pretty bad. Esther put up a picture of um, his cut against Pettis. Yeah. And his cut against, it's exactly the same. Yeah. But yeah, no, listen, yeah, I know, I know where you're getting from, and I know York are, are a disaster, and actually Michael Chandler put out yeah. a post as well. Um, we saw Ariel, I saw Ariel talking to Jail, and it, I think it was, it was another professional fighter, I'm not too sure yeah. who it was, and they were saying, like, every single one of them was like, if this was anywhere else. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree, I agree, but it sort of, maybe it looks a little bit worse after than it did at the time. And it probably was a little bit worse than it did look on the, t- on the broadcast. But, yeah, I understand Nate Diaz's frustrations. I understand the fans' frustrations. But at the end of the day, what the fuck can we do? That's really, that's really the bottom line. Did it live up to the hype? I mean, it felt like... No. I can remember when I was looking at uh, The Rock coming out, that's when I tweeted, uh, Joe Brawley's getting his uh, shit together for this next feature, you know? It's, yeah, uh, listen, t- don't fucking talk to me about The Rock. Like, I, you know, I know it was a bit weird. It was. It was cringe. It really was. Yeah. I was like, oh man, I'm watching fucking... And all week, when he, when he announced the Mark Hare thing, and I saw, I saw Sean Sheehan, can we stop talking about casuals? No, you're a fucking casual yeah. if you don't know who Mark yeah. Hare is. I 100%. don't care. What a film. I, I don't care, right? What, how you feel emotionally when you're a casual. You know what Just I did? deal with it. I watched it again last night. What, what, the Smashing Machine is unbelievable. Do you, you get, get any opiates? You get, 
<laughs> but you, you'll get you'll get you'll get it on YouTube. You'll yeah. get on you. And the poor guy at the moment isn't in. Look, this show we don't want any casuals yeah, listening to this show. Yeah. The poor guy is stay away. He's not in good health at the moment. So I'm glad to see there's a film coming out for him, and, and hopefully he's going to get some uh, some some well earned bloody money from that because he's yeah. he's in a, he's in a bad state uh, at the moment, Mark, in terms of his, his health, definitely. Diaz wants the rematch. Uh, Jorge seems like he wants the rematch, nah. but doesn't know when he's going to do it. Uh, but I'm telling you. If this happened and it was the other way around and Masvidal got stopped by yeah. cuts, uh, Dana White would be like, we're making that fight again. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's a Diaz thing. It's just... I, I, I have no interest in seeing it. I think we, we saw enough there to um, suggest that the power was the major difference in the fight from uh, Jorge Masvidal. He was sparking Nate around. I think, you know, it probably would have been stopped in the fourth and fifth. Masvidal. I, do, I, I hate that. I hate when people oh, no, yeah, say... No, no, I can't say what a Diaz. I yeah, hate when I, people I go, agree he was you. clearly going to go on and do this in the fourth and fifth. No, 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 right, yeah, fair enough. I they've agree. taken us. Especially they, with, that's especially what they've taken away from us. Especially they've taken us to closure away. They have. And um, Diaz was was having more success. Yeah. But I, I don't... Like, I'm not trying to say for a second he was going to go in and take over the fight in the fourth and fifth. But that was at the rounds you expect him to do something against, against a guy with that kind of stopping power. Of course. I think Masvidal looked very fresh. He looked great. Yeah, like the fitness levels were amazing. insane. Um, um, but listen, you know, people talk about McGregor as well and Maswell. I don't, I don't. But listen, look, get that fight's gonna that's gonna sell that. Like no matter what, we we, we often say, guys, even though he's been completely negative, yeah. completely rubbish, the idea of the matchup. When he was talking about Conor, I was like, Ooh. yeah, well, Conor a bit back on social as well. But like at the end of the day, if you think McGregor's gonna go in there, and you know, I don't think Conor McGregor have a, much of a chance against Maswell. I think Maswell's power. Extremely evident. Connor was trying to get a fight with Frankie Edgar for his comeback fight. He does yeah. not want that fight. Yeah, not for a comeback fight. Yeah. Like. And it, it, listen, it's it, it's odd as well. Uh, maybe something's changed in the terms of the way Dana and him are negotiating at the yeah. moment because it's weird, you know right? everyone was really and from the information I've had uh, from right from the horse's mouth in terms of Team Pettis that fight was pulled for them from Donald Cowboy Cerrone because he was unavailable. So now that seems to have taken a turn. Um, where we're, we're talking about Connors on, on social media again, talking about other fights. He was very quiet for a week when the, the Cowboy stuff started circulating around, and now it seems as if Dana doesn't know where they're at in terms of booking a return fight from Conor McGregor. And with this court situation where he got charged, like, I mean, I feel like any other time when Connor said he was coming back, Dana was like nearly jumping yeah. down people's throat. We yeah. can't wait to tell you that he's back. Well, maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's, that's part of it. Maybe, um, you know, maybe Dana wants to get that cleared up and. Yeah, I know. Obviously, the, does it feel does it feel fine. like there's some there's things it going like on there's something brewing that, that we, we don't, don't know about? about. Yeah, 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 that's, that's, that's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking because you know, it, sort of leading into fight week, maybe last this day last week, we were under the illusion that something was going to be announced on on Friday night or Saturday night during yeah. the broadcast. Nothing, nothing was said. It was you know, oh, we're not really here. Um, you know, we're a long, long way from booking this fight. I found that exceptionally strange because the numbers for this fighter, you know, are going to be big from last Saturday. Look at the online traction. It would have been a perfect time to announce the uh, return yeah. for Conor McGregor. I actually thought they would as well. But then I, kind of when I saw him at the press conference, kind of completely poo pooing, yeah. I was like, oh, that's not no. going to happen. Yeah. Uh, just a final word. Uh, Darren Till at 185. Brilliant. Exceptional performance. Uh, I know people... Wasn't entertaining. Yeah, it's sport. Um, you know, people forget that. And I know it was probably easy to forget that on the yeah. night that we had the other night. But the fact that this lad's gone in there... Um, after two stoppage defeats at welterweight and goes in there with one of the best middleweights in the world and looks really, really comfortable in there. Brilliant. Um, and really didn't seem in trouble for a Listen, second. Listen, Peter, sometimes you have to go out there and get a win. And to do it against a guy on his middleweight debut against Calvin Gastelum, to go out there, you know, he did actually look nervous. I was going, shit, when I saw him walk in the cage. I've never seen Darren look that scared. He admitted that after in that great interview Brilliant. with Adam Catterall. Um, we saw the emotions. But for him to go out... And implement a game plan, and to stick to it, 
to not panic, to not get rushed. The leg kicks were sensational. I was just so impressed with the maturity of Darren Till, especially after those two losses, and especially against a guy like Kelvin Gaslam. Man, give that guy credit where it's due. This is sublime stuff. Sometimes you need to see that part yeah. of him. You know, like when, when he kind of bore it all with Adam there for the BT yeah. Sport interview afterwards. That was That's what's convinced me that he's back. Here we, here we go again. Like, I, I mean, and what a brilliant thing to say. And I saw Ashton Daly tweeting about, like, sometimes you do feel it. Sometimes he said, obviously, to Adam that he wanted to fake an injury. He was contemplating in his head. Crazy. I can fake an injury and get out of this. Amazing honesty. Um, and I love the fight game when shit like that happens. But, Do you know what I mean? Like, this is, this is why we're in it. this. And, you know, and I was, you know, Chris was talking about Chris Fields on, 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 on Twitter. And it's something I always sticks out in my mind with Chris because Chris has mentioned to me a number of times over the years. Anxiety before and stuff, he goes in. Anxiety. He goes, anyone else, you're a fucking liar if you don't get it. Yeah. And, and that's where you have to be so admiring of Darren Tilly. You know, I put out a clip from the Eurobash interview we did a couple of months ago. Yeah. And he said when he walked out, he was extremely angry against Masvidal he said he'd never felt that before in his career that was a defence mechani- d- defensive me- mechanism yeah. um, for him to try and eradicate those nerves so listen the maturity I, couldn't, I just couldn't believe it I was just going we're seeing a guy same as Kevin Lee to a certain extent we're seeing a guy evolving as a person in front of our eyes here and a mentality and there was a lot of humbleness in that interview and listen you've got to appreciate guys like that we don't have enough of them in mixed martial arts yeah, yeah. Look, and loved it but look at this Like it's not even just that Like the two losses Like he, he had visa issues up until like a day before the that's fucking what, you know, fight yeah. that's what I said you know visa issues right you, you contemplate everything in he's just had a kid knee he's injury v, visa issue. he's been knocked out he's uh, a knee injury twice knee injury um, you know anxiety really bad anxiety going into the cage yeah unbelievable matured iron tail I think we're going again, and I think we're going. I, strong. Thought, I thought he was fucked, right? I'm not like be he honest. Did. We were no, but no, but no, no. I thought he was and... fucked because he yeah. was meant to do an interview with me, not for Eurobash, uh, on Wednesday, and then this visa stuff there coming out, and yeah. then they were like, yeah. "USC were trying to get the interview started," and then they were like, "Look, I just don't think he's going to be able to." And I was like, "Oh, sh- like what is going yeah, he's, on here?" Yeah, he's not not making the walk. <laughs> yeah, it's like this. But, is, listen, he, but that was that was thought of like up until. Weighing day, pretty much. You know, he's a guy that's... Jared Cannonier there, like... Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Even though he came in heavy a pound or two, but he would yeah. have... He was getting the nods um, if Darren wasn't ready. But, you know, a guy who's overcome so much adversity in his life and just constantly maturing. And to, listen, to, to still think he's only 26 years of age, we have a very special talent here in our hands. And I think to go out and do that after all what's gone on the last 12 months was actually probably the best performance of the night in my opinion I, I tweeted that out the other night in terms of taking everything together and putting it in before we get on with our first interview of the day let me just ask you who do you want Till to fight next oh very interesting and I, to be honest with you I haven't really put much thought into it because I think you know give him a little, a little bit of time to chill out and um, you know sort of um, just sort of take in everything that's gone on um, in the last couple of months. I'm sure it's, he's incredibly emotional after that fight, as we, we did see um, with that interview with Adam Carroll. And go check it out if you, if you haven't already watched it. It was, uh, it was, it was class. But um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe Derek Brunson, someone like that. Um, you know, I think I'd that like would to be, see him fight matchup. Jack Hermanson in London. Uh, like, like, I mean, I don't think you're going to get him. Like, you need another fight before you can put him into the Stolbender situation. Yeah, I agree. Um, Cannoneer's there as well. Yeah, um, but I feel like in Europe, someone like Hermanson uh, be a big fight because Hermanson was knocking on the door. If he had to be Cannonier, but it, but it is it, it you know for Darren, is it a step back? Are you thinking? You know, maybe is it you know 
sort of ease your way into the division. I know you're. All right, you're he's not, already yeah, gone I know, in. I know. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about maybe get, they've ruined that for him. Get a number of fights together before. He, but you can't go from fight number three to fight number yeah, fifteen. They fucked that up. Yeah, that's they, not. Yeah. That's not my yeah, fault. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I so agree. I mean, I'd say anyone in the top ten. I'd agree with that. Yeah, anyone yeah. in the top ten. I'd like to see Derek Brunson fight. Possibly. But you know, Darren. I mean, if he's willing yeah. to take Kevin Gastelum after two straight losses, That's you know, it. he's probably going, no, I want Izzy. Yeah, I want like, Izzy. Best of luck to you, mate, getting a fight in Anfield, by the way. Oh, it's not happening. Winning one fight doesn't get, you don't yeah. get to tell the champion where yeah. he's fighting. Listen, mate. yeah, listen, <laughs> this this whole shite of stadium shows in Europe, let's just, well, let's, right, we've, we've been parking on base for 10 years. Just draw a line under it, lads. Never happening. It's not going to happen. Like, it, it, fucking Raider Stadium next July in, in the States not in Europe fucking forget it dudes right lads let's get on with the first interview of the day it's a big weekend in Ireland because Cage Warriors is coming home with a big Irish roster this yeah. time I remember the three arena show wasn't really the same because they didn't have as much Irish traction on it so this time I feel like we're actually going to see the next generation of uh, UFC fighters from Ireland with Reese McKee at the top of the cards uh, guys like Ian Gary on the card Quality. there um, right so we're going to get on with this um, and <laughs> Well, season was 16 minutes. We talked to Graham Boylan, uh, the controversial CEO of Cage Warriors, who always, in fairness, every time he's been on this show, he has knocked it out of the park. And he always does, man. And I promise you that he has done it once again here. So we'll see you in about 16 minutes. All the best. And now we are joined by the great Graham Boylan, who is returning home this weekend at Cork. I mean, does that feel good for you? Is, it there, is this special for you? Because it's very special for a lot of people in Irish MMA that this is happening, especially in the Neptune. Um, it's nice to go back to Neptune Stadium. It's kind of where it all began for us when we took over the show. Um, so to go back there 2019, when it was what, 2011 when we were there, Connor and Duffy, um, it Rosie fighting there, Ashling, Cahill. So to go back there on November 9th um, with a whole new wave of talent that we're going to look to develop is a, I think is a fitting first stepping stone considering that's where we started when we built the last wave of talent. That's what is really exciting about this for me personally, Graham. Like, I mean, we, we don't have that many fighters in the UFC anymore. The, the fighters that we have, the Irish fighters we have are Conor McGregor and Joe Duffy, both guys who have come from Cage Warriors. Um, and I guess... With you guys coming back here and doing this show in the Neptune, it's really, it's really making me believe that that path has been built again. Uh, the likes of Reese McKee, who a lot of people feel is the next guy that could go from either Northern Ireland or Republic of Ireland. Is that what this is for you? I can remember in the press release, it, it did have something like, this is going to be a home for Irish fighters. And as we know, this is the path to the UFC in Europe. Yeah, well, like I said, I've said to a few people... Um there's there's a there's a bunch of young pro fighters who are they're either one two and all or three four five. Um, they're amateurs who are making their pro debut, and I believe the time is right that there's a little undercurrent of guys, your likes of your Ian Garys, your Paul Hughes, your Reese McKees down south. You've got the two boys making a debut. Uh, Aaron Maguire, his brother. You have got Jack Maguire, uh, John Mitchell. You know, there, there's there's a little undercurrent, I believe, that's there right now that we can start developing. And I'd imagine within 12 months, you're going to start seeing some very high level potential Irish UFC talent coming through. 
that's always referred to as the golden era, right? With Siri, um, you know, McGregor, Pendred, Fields. Um, I'm leaving out loads of people I know I am. But, um, you know, that, that golden era there. Is it too early to try and compare, you know, with, with this current crop that you've just been speaking about there? And, of course, McKee, McCulligan as well from up north. No, I, I think it's I think it's the Irish invasion version too. You know, I think that I think that's where this is going to end. We're doing November 9th to to wake the country up to the talent that's there. Um, we'll do Belfast early first quarter next year, um, and then from there we may go back to Cork again. We'll do Belfast again. We may finish in Dublin, um, but when we do finish in Dublin, we'll finish with a full arena of all Irish talent talent that's going to go on to the UFC. There's been lots of questions, um, you know, when KSW were here, they did a show in the tree arena and they had a lot of trouble. Like, it's not something that was uh, spoken about really publicly, but th- there was no doubt about it. You know, how has organising an event in Ireland been? Like, has it been difficult uh, dealing with the, the safety standards and IMA and the different things that you have to do to put an event on here? Has that been difficult? Um, just to clarify, the safety standards are no different to what we would do in any Cage Wars show anyway. Um, um, for those who are listening that may not know, Cage Warriors is one of the founding members of Safe MMA, and we've been the backbone of Safe MMA for many years. So that side of things is nothing different to us. It's no change. We're doing it. It's just another show. Um, as regards this IMA thing, it's been brought up to me a couple of times. Um, not heard anything from them. Don't know who they are. Know nothing about them, and I have no inkling as to what they're possibly going to want from Cage Warriors and if they had it left it a bit late it's seven days to the show Is there any fear that you know something could happen the day before the event or something where you know the the supposed governing body as Emma is uh, puts a spanner in the works here or anything because you know people have seen you and, and the president of that body John Kavanagh kind of going back and forth a bit on, on, on social media like I mean is there any part of you that could be like you know there could be a late bit of trouble here with this event I don't understand what that trouble could be. I mean, if you can pinpoint exactly what that trouble could be, then great, pinpoint it. Because as far as I know, there's nothing I need to do, and our lawyers are quite solid on this. There is nothing we need to do with IMAT to put on the show that we're putting on. And if they want to do that, then fine, bring it on, you know. There's a... We've got pretty good lawyers on our side too that, you know, if you want to stop anything or try and stop anything, then you better have good cause because Cage Wars is the safest, longest-running organization in Europe. Um, we have a history of a number of shows. We have a history of all sorts of safety aspects. Um, and if another promoter wants to come in and stop or cause problems with Cage Wars, then so be it. Because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about a promoter here, right? Well, yes, a promoter sometimes. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about promoters, and that promoter wants to come and do anything about the show that's happening in, in uh, 10 days, then, you know, come on. How exciting is this guy in, Gary? Because I just spoke to him here, and I've been very excited about him even before he uh, transitioned to pro, and um, it was great to see you guys snap him up because this is a guy that we consider a, a blue-chip prospect. Like, I mean, have you seen much of him? Have you spent much time around him or his team? Uh, have you got What's your impression of him? Uh, he can talk. <laughs> Ian can talk. He's he's uh, he's certainly got an energy about him, um, but he's showing um, he's showing all the signs of going to the top. He wants to go to the top. He wants to be in the UFC. He knows the path he has to take. Um, he's showing some serious maturity 
um, at a very young age in the fight game. You know, he's willing to listen, which is always a huge plus when it comes to developing young talent because young talent get three, four, five, five wins in the trot and they want to go to the UFC now. Um, he's smart, he knows what he's doing and he wants that UFC tag and I, I strongly believe he's well on his way to on the road to completing that task. A lot of uh, media members from this part of the world believe that McKee, as I mentioned earlier, will be the guy, the next guy from north and south maybe considered for one of those UFC spots. I was speaking to him today, he believes he could be three fights away from that with Cage Warriors even, you know, it could take uh, that long. I mean, do you feel as though if Reese goes in at welterweight, this is obviously his debut, and makes a pressure against like a, a battle-hardened dude like Hakan Foss, I mean, is he immediately in that conversation? Maybe it's not going to be his next fight, but is he there or thereabouts in the welterweight title picture as far as you're concerned? A big win for Reese on November the 9th puts him in the conversation, yes. You know, he's a... He's a solid prospect. He's got a good record. Um, he's got all the attributes to go again, like Ian Gary, um, and others who we feel are going to go all the way. So does Reese, um, and I think Reese is leading the charge in that, purely based on his experience, the amount of fights he's had. I think he's the next guy in Ireland to possibly walk down that path and take it all on board. Um, but he's got a dangerous, dangerous test with Hakan Foss you know Hakan Foss's record is you could look at it and roll your eyeballs but that guy is a dangerous dangerous animal when it comes to his skill set so it's a big test for Reese. what's it like for you right because you're so involved with these guys careers like obviously we saw Jack Shaw we saw Nicholas Dalby getting re-signed this year what's the emotion in you at that time because obviously you manage these guys but it's also your promotion right like I mean you know that those guys, they're no longer available for selection for Cage Warriors. Like, I mean, is it is it bittersweet in a way when you, you see those guys kind of transition into the UFC? Um, it, it, it can be, but it's crystal clear from the beginning, from the get-go, what the goals are. You know, we're not bringing somebody into an organization to say, you're going to stay with me for the rest of your life. You're not going to the UFC. You're staying here. This is it. This is it. Cage Warriors, you're not going fucking anywhere else. Okay. So being 100% crystal clear and honest with this, we know from the get-go, every person that signs a contract with Cage Warriors, we know what their goal is. We know where they want to go. We know what we got to do to get them there. And providing they listen, they go there. If they don't listen, obviously, then they kind of fuck up themselves. They take too many, they try and jump too many steps at once. Um, and then that's on their hands. But when they do listen... Nine times out of ten, they get to where they want to be. Nicholas listened. Jack listened. And look where they are. Another man who you said on Saturday uh, when you were in Birmingham, you said, this guy is ready, uh, Joy Herbert, uh, the black country basher, not badger, as I do call him sometimes, which he's not very happy about. But Banger. It's banger. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. But um, he, uh, he looked sensational, okay? And, and there's obviously Mason Jones, is also there, who looked sensational as well in his last fight. Uh, two brilliant prospects, there's no doubt about it. I was speaking to Joy just yesterday, and he said, um, you know, he, he can't... He, he, he would prefer if, if Cage Warriors, which you have done in the past, bring in an international name, like a Brazilian or an American, like someone who has a bit more name value than internationally, say, than Mason, who would be able to, um, you know, stimulate interest on the UFC's part. 
where is your mind with that? Is it way too early given that this only happened at the weekend to be considering this? I mean, do you kind of see where he's coming from or is Mason Jones definitely the fight to make? Um, no, no. Ma- Mason is one of the new breed fighters where Mason listens, you know? Um, Mason, for me, I think is going to go to the UFC. Um, I think he'll be a Cage Warriors champion. But he's also very, very sensible in the fact that he knows what he wants to do. And I've had a conversation with Mason already. Um, We have a set plan for Mason for 2020. Um, Jai, on the other hand, I think Jai is and should be off to the UFC. Don't enough, no other fight. I don't, I don't, I don't think. I think Jai and Mason are on two different um, levels in their careers right now, um, and I think Jai is at a stage where his next fight should be in the UFC, um, and I think Mason's the one to pick up the slack when Jai goes. You've also got Paddy there. Mm. Paddy's there. You also got Donovan Desme, who's there. Mm. You got Joe McCorgan there. That division's stacked. It's a right. shark tank, you know. <laughs> it is a shark tank when it comes to the fifty-five pound division. But there's there's just four names, and you know, other people in that division probably kick me or tweet me or Instagram me and call me all sorts of names if I don't say their name. No, but I, when you're on the spot talking like this, you know, just certain names jump into your head, and, and others do don't jump into your head, it should have done, you kind of kick yourself out because you didn't say their name, but you know, there's nothing I can do about that. Um, but I think Joy should go to the UFC. You know, what What he did to right. Kane Carrizoza, uh, I probably fucked his surname up too. No, but I think that's what, what I'm he, Yeah. <laughs> what, he, what he did to him in and getting him out of there in one round in the fashion that he did that is just unbelievable. Um, what he did to Jack Grant, which nobody was expecting, that was just mind-boggling. Um, I thought he'd be gone then. Um, but then I had a chat with Jai, and Jai's like, look, if I have to defend it again, I want a big name, I want a UFC tag, I want XYZ. We went and got it for him, and he just, less than a round, got him out. Mm. So it's like, he kind of needs to go. He, ne- he needs to be where he should be right now. The guy's elite, elite level pinpoint accuracy striking. You know, He will take you out from anywhere. I agree with you. I couldn't agree more, especially after that performance and knee finish, everything perfect. Uh, just one final question, because I guess I never put a bow on this properly. Um, the the surface after the Dalby and Houston fight, right? So there was all this talk. Dalby said he doesn't even think there's a need to uh, get the, uh, the canvas down rather than the vinyl, because he said if it happens just once in the history of Cage Warriors, as long as those guys are going, they're probably safe enough that they're going to get away with the, the, the vinyl for a long time again. Uh, Mark Goddard was like, maybe they will do it because it cost them the, the closure on that fight. Where are you with it? Like, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a lot logistically, right, to have a different canvas every single event. That's, that's what I hear anyway. Yeah. To try and get a canvas um, covering every event... It has to be different every event. So you know, you get a, you get a new sponsor in. Canvas needs to be changed. Uh, a sponsor, a TV broadcaster in. Canvas needs to be changed. A new arena. Canvas needs to be changed. Logistically, it's just not viable. Um, we're, we're not the UFC. The UFC have a different canvas every event. We're not the UFC. Um, we're a European organization. We happen to be the best European organization at growing talent. You know, ninety something, ninety three guys to the UFC. What we we know what we're doing and we do it well. We've had one incident in over twelve years of my time here 
where it was a bloodbath and the fight had to be stopped. If we were to get that fight back on a rematch, it probably wouldn't happen again. Yeah. So we, we don't feel we need to change anything in what we're doing. And even just to clarify on that, on, on a canvas issue, every organization I know of in Europe has the same canvas. Right. They do the same thing. Everyone's got the same thing. It's a vinyl canvas, you know. Uh, there's very, very few organizations that will be using a canvas as a floor covering, you know. So UFC, you know, maybe Bellator, but they're owned by Viacom. It's not their money, you know. It's Viacom's money. And that's a, a hell of a lot of money to be pissing down the toilet every time you put a Bellator show on when you're spending Viacom's money like that. So they don't care about canvases. We're an Irish-owned company, our P&L matters, and we like to keep uh, keep everything on track. Final question, promise. I know I said that already. Um, how many fighters that we will see in Cork um, in the Neptune Arena do you expect to eventually sign for the UFC? And I know that's, that's an, the crazy thing, but potentially, what do you think? If you're going to go specifically on the Cork event November 9th, just that event, I would say three. Hmm. We can figure those three out when we get there. <laughs> I'd say three. I'd say, and, and three will be, I'd say it'll be three Irish guys that go on to the UFC. By 2021? Two by 21, and then three by the end of 21. And this, November, this is specific yeah, November yeah. 9th card, end of 2021. Thanks so much, Graham, man. It's a pleasure to speak to you always. And uh, there he was, Graham Boylan. Always a pleasure, never a chore. Um, he uh, he brought the heat again. A lot of issues yeah. there, um, you know. Insofar as the things he said about Emma, I know he said the same to you. Yeah. Uh, what what are, like That's, I don't understand. I think it's worrying going into this. But current. no, but like the thing is, right? I was talking to Sean Sheen about this actually on the day. I was like, I don't know when Emma would get involved. Like you know, because I'm not a promoter. Like yeah. I don't know if they're waiting for a prompt from Safe MMA and yeah. then they get involved or whatever. It's just weird that he hasn't heard a thing from the governing he body. He has had zero contact is what he, what he said. Man. And it's, it's very, very strange because... It's so confusing. The, the scene here is so confusing. It's now. so confusing. It's very even hard for us to work out and I think I said that to, to Graham as well and um, because of the lack of contact or you know who is there to reach out and speak to because we don't tend to get answers when we do reach out and that's sort of the worrying thing that I have. But it's um, also it's also a nod to the conflict of interest because of course it is. What he said to me was like, "Why do I have to tell another? Why is another promoter telling me what way I should run a show?" Yeah. Like, and look, you can say what you want about John Kavanagh, but he has literally promoted Bellator events, like 100%. showing up at press days, all this kind of stuff. Wearing Bellator T-shirts. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some type of relationship going on there. I think he's he actually tweeted. obviously there was a lot of questions about his match. Like, is he yeah. playing a part in the matchmaking? Which I think he tweeted before as well, um, straight blast Bellator. Um, yeah, I mean, so. these like that was always going to be. This is the thing we talked about from the dawn of time with this Emma deal. Uh, John seems to be too like just as a president. I get that. Like as a figurehead, it looks great because he's so internationally recognised, so uh, respected in the sport internationally. But when you're a guy that really has to drop the hammer on other promoters and they see you as a as a as a competitor, yeah, that's that's going to be a conflict immediately. You know, possibly you've, you've said it all there, one hundred percent straight down the line. That's the way it looks to everyone else, anyone who's any brains looking on in the situation. And John gets annoyed with us for even talking about this, but, but I mean, we have to talk about job, it. Like. It's, it's like it's, PT, there's been there's been this fucking zero pro. But everyone's talking country. about it, you know. It's just weird. Yes. Like you know, people keep saying it to us, like why aren't like, we don't why know? Aren't, yeah, like, but the problem is, where have the other shows been? There's a reason the other shows haven't been in town. We had that. Um, um, we'll talk about the whole Cage Warriors thing a bit later when we're previewing yeah. the show but 
Like, I mean, this is like the Ian Gary thing that propped up from the Sean Sheen interview. Like, this is maybe the fifth or sixth time this has happened. You know, it was in yeah. like the Cage Warriors v. Bellator thing has propped up and, and it, it's be, made a huge stir. Even though you can remember when Nathan Grayson moved. Yeah. Like, there was loads of stuff. There's been how many online spats between Kavanaugh, Boylan. I mean, it just keeps on stirring up his head. Listen, these fighters have an option. I think everyone in this country has an option in terms of where they want to go, yeah. what path they want to do in mixed martial arts. I know we've said this. <laughs> you said it just earlier. <laughs> but follow your path. Go what you want to fucking do. Let's not pull any bullshit over it. Bellator is very much the secondary promotion um, in the States. In my oh, opinion. yeah, in the States, um, 100%. So, you know, it's UFC for these guys, and I think that's the path they want to go. Uh, yeah. They're going to cage worse. That, that's it. That's the right, we'll, we'll get back to that a bit later. And it's one of those things that me and you feel like yeah. we get stuck in every week nearly. I'm not even messing, yeah. man. No, every no, week really, we need really to talk about this. Um, so we're going to move on. We'll talk about uh, MSG in a bit more detail, uh, put a bit of shine on some yeah. of the other fights. Um, Brilliant card. First of all, I think Masvidal, just, just to cap off Masvidal and Diaz, I thought the fight was great. I really enjoyed the fight. I really enjoyed the fight as long as it lasted. Uh, shame that it ended the way it did. Ironic because it's a bad motherfucker title and it's yeah. stopping it because of a, a cut, but uh, what can you do? Um, Kevin Gaslam must feel a bit stupid for taking that fight in hindsight. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, he, he had it all to lose there, yeah. you know, um, but he saw Till as a big name, which I'm... I think he saw Till as a big opportunity from what he looked upon in his last two uh, fights and then him obviously coming up. I think Kelvin Gaslam went into that fight cocky and, you know... Didn't touch him. Yeah, and look at the weight issues again from Kelvin Gaslam. It looks to me as though... You're going, you know, it looks like he's, he's getting disciplinary action now after the whole incident of the scale. Elbow gate. Why are you getting a tail put around you if you're underweight? Yeah. 144, or 184, bullshit, right? Optical illusion. <laughs> Free Kelvin. That's, that's, that's what she said. <laughs> right. um, no, you know, Kelvin Gaslam, I think, really needs to address something that's going on. There's, there's something going on there in his head that there's, there's maybe a lack of motivation, a lack of something going on, because... Um, if you're acting like that, you know, you're not getting on weight properly without any controversy, there's something knocking on the door there. He had the same problems. That but I feel, I feel as though he kind of showed us that there is a situation there in the pre-fight when they showed, uh, they went in the countdown show, they went back to his first day back in the gym yeah. and had all the gym members showing up to congratulate him, clap him into the gym yeah. and all. It's like, Weird. I feel like it was some type of issue mentally maybe or something where he needed that support network around him when he came back. Hope he is getting help with that if that is the case. But still, what really impressed me about Till as well is the fact that he was able to just bolt back up onto his feet every time the takedown was even nearly happening. Yeah, and look, look, I think that's the energy from the lack of a cut, you know? Definitely his defence work against Cage Brilliant. Brilliant as well. Like, you know, getting the underhooks in, reversing it at times. Really, really good stuff from, from Darren. Can't do that against Yola Romero, unfortunately. Well, well, that's it. Yola <laughs> probably snap your arms off. But listen, Darren even admitted to it afterwards. He, he did feel Kelvin's power. But in terms of Gaslam, I think there's a guy there that needs to address a lot of things in his, his career. Maybe he's a little bit too overconfident from where he actually is in his career. Um, that Adesanya fight, obviously, coming off that one as well. Um, totally different performance but listen Darren Till neutralised him did what he had to do to win and I think that's very very important in terms of Darren's um, career trajectory that I can oh we got it right for say that. but it is two losses going up a weight class it's a big 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 night for Darren Till the biggest of his career in my opinion today uh, a man he fought before Mr. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson a lot of people feel Thompson backtailed that night in Liverpool but uh, I did. what a performance by Thompson uh, against Luke one of the most vicious fighters in that bracket what a way to return showcase yeah. I mean it was Fabulous. it was a signature performance 
you know, first round, it could have probably gone either way. Luke landed a little bit against the cage, um, some, some heavy shots. But if you look at the second, third rounds, Wonderboy really came into it and totally um, outclassed him on the feet. Unbelievable performance from um, probably one of the greatest mixed martial arts uh, mar- martial artists of our fucking generation. Jesus, I'm getting losing my fucking speech. Definitely uh, in the striking situations, he's one but of the can best. I, can I ask you about one thing about Thompson? And, uh, you know, I noticed this, and I noticed this during the week, and I want to see what you think about it. And, uh, His language is terrible. Yeah, he needs to stop cursing. Hey, baby. Uh, right, but he said in an interview before the fight that, you know, he's not out there to hurt a guy. It's, you know, it's, it's very much in terms of going out there to... to show his skill set of mixed martial I think well he really fucked up if he didn't go right? out there to hurt Vincente yeah. Luque because he battered him no but, but I'm talking in terms of maybe his finishing ability there was times there where I think Stephen could have really stuck it on him and sort of backed off a little bit um, I'd love to see Stephen maybe get Naming a little bit someone. more Is that what of killer instinct in him because he has I, that, I, I enjoyed no? every second of watching that but um, yeah I understand what you're saying um, yeah brilliant performance no doubt about it back um, with a bang Derek Lewis not so much. Uh, gets a win, but the fight wasn't... It was fun to watch. It always is with Lewis. But, yeah, it wasn't a great technical fucking battle or anything like that. But I had him winning the fight. I had no problem with it. I saw a few people were saying um, they thought Blagov won it. Um, Blagoy. Blagoy. Even off. <laughs> right? Blagov. Blagov. <laughs> 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 Sorry, fucking you had here. But, Come on, Bulgaria. Um, no, no, in the interest no of uh, supporting uh, the European sport, yeah, I do think Blagoy won, and it's a joke. Yeah, you know. No, no, oh, right. I was like, what the fuck is this guy? So, but listen, it was a typical Lewis fight. Um, you know, looked out at times. I think he plays possum for the crack these days and pretends he's dead and then comes back and just to wow people. But, I, you know, I very much enjoyed it. I thought it was a great spectacle. Uh, Kevin Lee then with that uh, disgraceful head kick knockout with <laughs> Gregor Gillespie, man. Nearly lost me lunch when he oh, fucking head kicked that, man. Oh. Crazy. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> crazy. It was like, it was like, ah, oh, Jesus. But listen, again... What? I think the post-fight interview, another guy like on the lines of Darren Taylor, a guy who's, you know, battle back, obviously had a lot of adversary, but it was mad just to see, I think, the calmness in Kevin Lee, and yeah. cool, calm, calculated, even his personality. He was a very, very angry man in the past, and I think maybe it's been the case with Kevin that he's addressed these emotional issues that he's had. Obviously, We're like bleeding Dr. Phil this week, aren't we? We are, yeah, but for fuck's sake. That's the way it sort of turned into, but listen, a Kevin Lee with a mindset like that coming in, that cool, calm, calculated is going to spank a lot of people in that uh, 55-pound division. Incredibly impressive performance. One of my stars of the whole week, Corey Anderson. Um, unbelievable. Don't sleep on him. <coughs> unbelievable pre-fight interview when he did the uh, Dominance MMA media day a few weeks back where he's like, you know, basically fuck this. Like, I mean, what, what the else do I need yeah. to do? Uh, he goes and he upends Johnny Walker in the most devastating fashion possible. That right was insane. I thought it was going to be like a real gritty display yeah. that would win it for Corey, but yeah. he bet the shit out of him. And then he goes backstage and he basically puts the UFC... On ice, man. He, he, he literally flames them. And I, I feel like he's making Dana White speak about him. It's not the most glowing terms, but, I mean, uh-huh. you'd be mental to suggest. I don't like that about Dana. He's nearly suggesting you can go somewhere else. Like, yeah. You're like, dude, Rush. What, what the fuck you, do you, you want need, this guy to do? You need guys in your light heavyweight division, and I think, you know... And the guy's just after taking out one of your big prospects. One of your big prospects. You're going to have to deal with something with him. You're going to have to do something with Corianne. Dane is going to look back on this and change his mind from what he said, like he always does. Um, Not a needle mover. The dust has settled. Listen, Corey Anderson coming out that and the badass attitude as well. I love that. That's why people start talking sometimes. Sometimes you have to do it. Some, we've actually seen both spectrums of it this week. No, but I think it's genuine when you, when you, when you, it's oh, yeah. genuine aggression, genuine anger. 
Um, it doesn't feel fabricated at all. He feels like like genuinely like fuck the UFC at the moment. That's yeah, but, but look at the whole situation. Even how with Johnny Walker and he apologized obviously after for sort of getting in his face after he he won the fight. And that's genuine rage. That's genuine rage because people have been writing this guy off for God knows how long yeah. and they have. And to go out and make a statement like that, we as we said there, we thought it was gonna be a grindy greedy display, but he fucking upended him. And, yeah. Um, just a solid shot. Give him the shot, man. Give the guy a shot. Till was the only real success in terms of uh, European MMA at the, on this card, but um, Macwan Americani got really got found out, didn't he, against Shane Burgos? He did, and I think we we, we, we possibly saw it coming. And um, yeah, listen, got taken out in the feet. There was a, a very evident issues with the gas tank. Maybe he, you know, people uh, think that's an issue with SBG. I don't know. What do you think? Like, I guess because they see Connor. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe they're prominent fighters. Or yeah. their tanks aren't as good as maybe. Um, they need to be where they're at, but in general, I don't see a problem. Yeah, I don't really look at Peter Queeley like does that guy ever had a problem with his cardio? Oh, no, he's very fit, man. Well, there you go. So no, no, I think that's just just one or two fighters. But yeah, it was um, it was um, in a performance where I think he sort of um, threw his gas tank out in the first round and he just looked terrible. Takedown attempts were awful. He looked um, terrible after and a wrestler his caliber, like I think that directly points to stamina. You know, like yeah. when he's shooting from so far Definitely. out and it's just not doing anything. Borgo's a unit. Looks but awful. um. One thing that kind of came out of this was uh, a lot of people talking about John Kavanagh's cornering advice to him uh, after the was it after the second round? Yeah, he and mentioned he said to Kurdistan. him, "You're tired now, but your people are suffering or something." Like, he said, um, "You're suffering now, but your people are suffering or something." Yeah, yeah, it was in relation to the Kurdis- Kurdistani people. I know that was a big thing that Mac one had brought into this fight, fight week as well about the, the his representation of the Kurds. He seemed to highlight it even more than usual. Yeah, I think John should have been probably dishing out a bit of tactical advice uh, because that was clearly a massive issue after that first round or after that for, for a second round. Mm. Um, when but he, could he just be trying to like appeal to like, look, John is looking at him and he's saying, right, he's bollocks. Like, there's no, there's nothing I can really. Like, he needs to just hang in there at this stage, and he's probably clutching for something that's just raw emotion. But yeah, sometimes it does work. Yeah, it depends yeah. on obviously knowing your fighter. We don't know. Um, what Mark no, Mike Bond doesn't give us interviews, yeah. so so um, that's pretty much it. So you know, sometimes if a coach knows a fighter well, he'll try and push the buttons on an emotional level to get more out of him. Or sometimes, if you're a guy who likes to listen, he'll um, point out some tactical. Yeah. awareness but clearly Macklin was out on his feet so maybe it was a, a good idea from John I don't, I don't not really know. an ideal way to start your US journey for Macklin Americani all, no. and I just felt as though we were going to get yeah. some real activity out of him now and now it, the loss comes you're like oh that's yeah. going to knock this back for a while it is definitely going to knock it back for a while and he doesn't fight too often as well so no. hopefully he can once a year in London yeah. was the way we were going yeah. um, Shaboy's an unbelievable uh, unbelievable left head kick knockout of uh, Brad Tavares brilliant um Jairzinho Rosenstruck um, <laughs> took out another uh, European Belarusian Andrei Arlovsky counter left hook listen when, walked onto it he, fade away left yeah. you know listen when Arlovsky's gone down um, so easily in fights um, you know I'm going to say it again I don't give a fuck what anyone says the guy should not be in there I think that's eight of his last hater eight of his last 13 fights he's lost he's had a five fight losing streak in the UFC um, over former UFC champion fights, right? former UFC it doesn't matter um, 40 years of age he is you know he Looking should great. not be in there and then 10 minutes afterwards he's on his Instagram going I apologise to everyone uh, I'm ready to go again uh, no or, uh, he's ready to go again though he needs to take a massive look um, at his health 
on safety and well-being, I feel Surely very... Surely if he's good enough to put up a story on Instagram, he can fight. No. Uncomfortable watching Andre Arlovsky in the octagon and anyone else who doesn't feel the same. And so someone, but he got his someone, nose straight. Someone tweeted me saying, oh, he put in a brilliant performance. He put in one good performance in his last 12 fights. Which one was that? Line. Probably Ben Rothwell last time out oh, yeah. before that. He's Bar back. That, yeah. He's back. Rubbish. Um, <laughs> no, it, it's uncomfortable. I don't like seeing it. Would he be Honestly. able to put up a story 10 minutes after a fight if he wasn't fully fit? Peter, let's move on. <laughs> 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 Caitlin Jagagin, surely next for that title after that one. Uh, uh, yeah, who else is there really? Poor fight. I didn't. I don't think it's going to really help Shevchenko's case uh, no. for putting on an exciting fight it's against not, I, Caitlin. I, I like Kate, Caitlin. Saying she's, a, she's a good boxer. She, she, she did exactly what we said she would do. Get in and out quickly. She did that, but she's not going to trouble Valentina Shevchenko, in my opinion. No, no, I don't think so either. Lyman Good, very good uh, knockout, a chance, uh, ran counter. With his foot blown out as well. Yeah, yeah. And um, Hakeem Dawoodoo, uh, split decision win again over Julio Arcad. And uh, that tops that bad boy off. Um, Can I just say one thing? Yeah. I got all my picks bar one right. There what we was go. The one, what's the one you got wrong? The main event. Everything else. That's not a bad. You picked Johnny Walker. I didn't pick Johnny Walker. On the show last I week you did. I did not. Listen back. I picked Corey Anderson. Thank you very much. I'll be listening back. I, you listen back, dude. I picked Corey Have Anderson. you listened back already? Yeah. I picked Corey Anderson. I'm, I'm going to go back and go specifically back. find wrong. it. You're going to be wrong. I still grind it out. We both agreed in that one. Um, so all right. Uh, just a bit of self-praise there from Noel again, Obviously, just before we go back. Um, every week. Uh, so we'll go back. That's that's you and Sean Jeansville. <laughs> that's not for me. Um, right, we'll go on to our second interview today. Um, the reason why we're doing this so early is because I'm helping uh, Paddy Hulan with his book launch today in town somewhere. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we've we'll, got a word with Paddy. Um, book is brilliant. I read it a couple of months ago. I'm sorry, Gil McMillan. I get special perks. But... Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll talk to Paddy. We'll talk all about what is what his journey really since he left the UFC, and we'll be back in about ten minutes. No one else. Well, I'm here now with Paddy Hulan, who's just successfully launched his book, which I think is going to be a big, big hit this Christmas. Um, we're in Club Twenty Two on the south side of Dublin, and once again, I've witnessed you have about a hundred people eating out of the palm of your hand there for that Q and A. I mean, it must feel good to uh, still be able to captivate people the way you do beyond your first choice career, which was fighting. Like, I've seen you doing it in your podcast. I'm seeing you do it as a coach, as a gym owner, as a politician, and now as an author. It's pretty incredible. Do you, do you recognize that it's a pretty special thing that you have? Um, I think it's charisma, I think, is what people say. So I never knew really what it was. But when I fought, like, people who are sitting there and they'd be talking, and then even if you look at the video back, you look at the crowd, you oh! People look up and there's just something about energy and that kind of charisma that when it comes with somebody that has too much energy to fit in their body, I mean, that's me, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm able to, when I come into a room like this, spread it across the whole room and it's, um, and, and you see that reaction from it and it's, I'm getting better at it, PT. Yeah, you're amazing at it. Um, he's just, points arrived here and Ooh. all, this is amazing. Um, <laughs> Paddy, um, your book is amazing and I don't, I don't. I don't say that as a guy who's been a friend of yours, who's known you for the last 10 years. I say that as a guy who got an email that says, here, have a, have a look at this book. And I'm going, why not Paddy a long time? I mean, nothing's going to shock me in here. And you could tell the people, after every chapter, wasn't I texting you going, holy shit, man. I mean, how hard was it for you to bear yourself the way you have? Because 
it it is you pull no punches at all in this book. It's you you've left yourself open. Um, and a politician to do this as well. Like I was like, this is incredibly brave. Is that a hard thing to do to kind of tap into yourself? And did Richard have to do a lot of work with you to to get that kind of stuff out of you? Um, not really. Like if if you listen to the tapes back, and the idea is like, I want to just delete the tapes now, and it's it's out. It is what it is because, like, when 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 you're sitting there writing the book, it's it's a hard process. It can take hours and hours of tape book, and you're like, what did I say? Did I say this? Did I say that? Did I say it the right way? Um, the the politician part of it is. Uh, it helps me. It makes me powerful to expose my background myself, because no one's ever going to be able to pull that out and be like, "Oh well, really? Look at him now, and look what he said there." And that's what people do. Because when you try to grow up, when you try to build up, the people are trying to rip you back down because they don't, they like you getting up. They love that. They get the numbers off you coming up, and then they want the numbers off you coming down. And that's the way it works. So to me. I am going to be a different type of, say, politician or activist. I'm going to be somebody that people are like, oh, so I read his book, I know about him, like, I know that. He, he had the same problem with me, with my ma, or he had the same trouble with such and such that I had. And, and then they realise that we're all very, very the same, and then we put this hat on these, these politician lads that they know what they're doing, and they, they, they have the, the, the interests of the country in their hands, and they don't. They clearly don't. The place is fucking in bits. <laughs> Look at it. As I said, it's a great example, as I said, what the idea is. If this is a football team, we're making loads of money. The money part is doing well, but we're getting relegated every season. If that was football fans, they would not stand for it. And that's exactly what's happened in this country. You, um, The thing that stuck with me when I read it is I was far too interested in the people you were fighting in the cage when really the most interesting thing about you is all the fighting you do just with genuine obstacles that are put in front of you in your life. And, you know, when I said up there today when uh, when I was speaking to the people there, I mean, where you were three years ago, you have five new careers since then. Like, I mean, that's incredible. Like, do you, do you just have an automatic ability to knock down, the, down those walls when they get put in front of you? Or is it a rigorous process for you as well? Or have you just kind of got into this mentality where I'm not going to let these people kind of drag me down, which is a reoccurring theme in the book? Um, listen, <clears throat> fighting was just one thing to me. You know what I mean? I, I love fighting more than anything. Uh, you're always fighting. That's what I'm saying. Like It doesn't matter if it's not actual combat. Yeah, fighting is always is, is, is a part of life, and it's always going to be a part of life. But when I was coming up fighting, that wasn't my greatest ability. My greatest ability was to be part of that team and to give back to that team and, and, and to develop things that, were you, that MMA is benefiting from now in the idea of... Um, mindset and and examples and breaking down walls there as well like there's, there's many people that walk us to the cage but we walk into that cage and that door gets closed and then it's you and you're you're kind of on your own you know whether you like it or not and that's that's the true reality and even when you win or lose you'll probably share the wins with people but the losses don't get really shared with people you know and, and i understand that myself now as a coach it's like the shot the losses don't get shared you know and I had a lot. I had a lot on my plate when I was fighting as well, you know. So, I had like I had a kid and nobody else had a kid. So I had like I had another brain and another person to be thinking of as well. So that was a huge part of what I was I was doing when I was fighting. But my problem now is that I have I I've really good ideas and I just don't have enough time to implement them. And I mean, I have ideas for like for for housing policies, ideas for for um. To, to stop pollution, right? like mental ideas, and they come through in the middle of the night sometimes. Sometimes it can be dreaming the same way it happens. You used to deal with the submissions. And it still happens. It still happens. Comes through now where I'm like, 
I can think of a policy and I say to Chelsea, what about this? Imagine people did this and she like, that's really good. Like, <laughs> the other day I was in, um, I put a picture up of um, me talking at a Sinn Féin meeting the other day. And that was in like a museum up the road. I rolled in the tracksuit. I didn't know it was nice dress. And it's like, right, all of a sudden I'm standing here and I'm giving a tracksuit. And you look at it. The president of the Sinn Féin then is sitting there and she's like looking up at me. And, and like she told me, like, like, I need to get some of your wisdom. I need to get some of your, like, and I'm like, Mary Lou, like, <laughs> I'm fighting out here, you know what I mean? And then, like, I'm walking around the doll the other day, and I'm like, this is not so scary anymore. Like, why wouldn't it be allowed to go to the school tour to the doll when I was a kid? <laughs> you know what I mean? And now I'm rocking in, like, and I'm walking into a room, and it's like, the hurricane! Come out of my office! Where we are we office? Okay, someone told me earlier today uh, that um, Jerry Adams was exclusively referring to you as the hooligan when he was met. <laughs> We're talking about Big Jerry A here, you know what I mean? Big Jerry A. Like, That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Like, And to me, these like someone would say to me, who do you admire in politics? And it's like, Jerry Adams and people are like, how could you? Jerry Adams is exactly what a politician should be. Jerry Adams has been shot five times and still gone. You know what I mean? He's like Tupac. He's like, exactly. <laughs> That's what he, he is kind of like. And the idea is that like, these people are us. And like, I get people saying, I got someone texting me yesterday. And this is how simple it can be, Pete. right? And he turns around and he says, yeah, you're in Sinn Féin, but they voted against putting up the living wage or the, 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 the minimum wage for people. And it's like, yeah, but they voted for a living wage. You all wanted the minimum wage. And then I sent them an article. He's like, geez, I didn't know that. I'm like, publicly, you literally just went at my neck there. And if this was a polling booth, you wouldn't have voted for Sinn Féin because of someone that someone else told you. Yeah, so yeah. we're not thinking. And the idea is now we're in a situation, PT, where... People that vote for the leading parties, the parties that are trying to align with these and all, we need to be very careful because now we're in a situation where we are shamed because of our vote. It does make a sense. And if, if a kid, this kid Sam that everyone was talking about eating on the streets cardboard, if you don't vote and if you vote for Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael, you share that shame. And unfortunately, that, that is the way it is because if you don't vote, you don't have an ability for us to change this stuff. And I can see it now because I'm in there trying to change it. But if you don't have the vote... It doesn't matter. Can I ask you one question that a lot of people get the answers to in Hooligan? And it's something that, you know, you spoke to Ariel Hawani about. It, it, it's, it's the John thing. And I mean, I don't feel as though there was any daggers thrown there in the book. But I certainly understand where, where you're coming from in, in, with the situation there. Was that hard to do because of you probably felt the sense of it growing when you did the recent interview with uh, Ariel after you got uh, elected and everything like that. And it became a thing people were talking about. Like, I'd, I'd be speaking to American guys, they'd be like, wow, did you see Paddy? Like, I mean, if Paddy, if something's going on there with Paddy, like, this is this is huge, you know? And, I mean, was that hard to do? Was it hard to commit to paper? Even though, as I say, I don't feel as though it's it, it's massive daggers in any kind of way. It's just ex explaining the situation as it happened from your point of view. Well... I think, I think what happened was that a huge group of people went on and done something really, really great together. Together. And I feel that um, like a lot, of the, a lot of that would have been is kind of forgotten about. Like um, John doesn't really talk about us and talk about the, the lads that, that put the situation in front of what it is now and, and Irish MMA as well, even the younger lads. Not that they, they should show their respect. And, but the problem with me and John was that for many, many years, <clears throat> I had worked for the man. I, I had jumped through hoops for the man. Um, many more hoops than he jumped through for me. Um, he taught me the way. But a coach and a fighter right, is a two-way process. At the start, it's a one-way process. It's a one-way street. 
and you're learning from the coach and the coach gives you the, the, the attention and time and, and then it becomes a two-way street and that's when it kind of went a little bit wrong there so when it turns to a two-way street people are, are going to are going to start taking their view on it or they're maybe they start having to start to look at themselves or, or, or ego kicks in and that's what happens I had John's back for many years and when it came for him to have my back he didn't have my back and and he sat on the fence so and when it came to the idea to rectify it we were asked for a fee of 5,000 euro and to me it money it's not about the fucking money it's about the, con, the control it's like you pay me that means I'm above you and that's all of it <clears throat> I'm still a brown belt I've still I, I earned mine I earned mine you know what I mean and um, there's been many reasons and many ways that John could have stepped in and done the right thing and um, and unfortunately he didn't and uh, it doesn't make me bitter I'm just sorry that I put so much time and so much respect and love into something that and I didn't get the return from it now I've seen like I mean that, that was perfect. Um, what, what I've seen with uh, your podcast is unbelievable. I listen to it every week. And that recent episode with Ash kind of had me thinking, like, you know, you know, not that you and Ash had massive <laughs> ordeal or whatever, you know, but, you know, it's referenced in the podcast that you guys have made amends and it's great to see you guys together again, man. It's really cool. Is that any way that could happen with John, do you think, at all? Well, I think even if you listen to Ariel Hawani when Ariel Hawani asked him and he went, Sure. I think that that answers it. We're all from Dublin. We're not stupid. You know what I mean? We know, we know um, body language if you much. Um, with John, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think he'd, he'd ever cross that bridge. You know what I mean? I think where whatever happened on his side in, in his situation, he thinks something else. He thinks something different. But the situation was, and it is, you should have had my back. Like you said, you had my back that time when I went out and put my whole life on the line and my whole career like if that gym had failed off the back of that I would have had no livelihood and I have I have a kid I have kids you know so what would I be doing working in the centre now so the idea I can't I couldn't make up with somebody that, that kind of took took a shot at my livelihood if you must you know how do you fit it all in right because I can remember sitting with you when, the day you got elected and I was going doing the gym doing the podcast doing this now like you have a book you know, it's like, how, how do you manage that? Like, I mean, even from a, a point of view of, I'm going to work on this today, and then after that, do that, do that, do that. How in the name of God do you juggle all this, man? I'm not even messing. I'm, I'm, I'm baffled by that. I'm baffled by it. Did you ever see Wallace and Grubber? No. No. <laughs> 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 His bed tilts up and he slides down, goes into his trousers, his dog sticks the toast on, the toast pops out. This is my house, PT. I can't wait to go there. How are you, mate? Um, and this is, um, so I literally just, I'm just busy, man. I'm flat out busy. You love being busy, don't you? Job, I do. Well, I don't, um, if you look at the start few chapters of my book, I don't like to have thoughts. I don't like to have. I have to look, I like to have too much peace inside my head where I'm just thinking, you know what I mean? And um, I think I've left a little bit. I, I got the book off my chest, if you must. So, does it free you? Does it feel therapeutic? Absolutely. Like, people have said that to me. Wait, you feel how therapeutic it is. I was talking to um, Richie Sadler today. Did a podcast with him. Yeah, did a podcast with him today. And he was like, it's just such therapy. It's like therapy that you get paid for. And I was like, that's a good way of looking at it. And that's exactly that's what it's like. I was able to get a lot off my chest, and and not only that, but timeline and figure a lot of stuff. And there's a lot of unsaid questions to do, obviously, with me and John, and with all of this kind of stuff. And people come up to me and go, like, John's so grateful for giving you that gym, isn't it? I bet you should be so grateful to him. And it's like, 
I can't tell you what the real story is here. But you can now. Like, well, I can't. I did. I told the story, and now I don't have to answer it. People say to me, "What's the story?" Go ask the book. And not only that, people can go ask other people now as well. It kind of cracked the egg in a way of like, like, what happened there? Because there's a huge thing, and it's called divide and conquer. Together, people are strong. Divided, people are weak. Two quick predictions before I let you go. Um, I think right. I don't. I, I've stopped uh, writing off you out of anything. Like I think you can do absolutely anything you want. Um, do you think we'll ever see a run, Paddy Hoolan, for president? Because I've seen people talking about this all day. Every person that asked you to sign a book was like, sign it from the future president. A lot of people said that. And I've seen your power to compel people and to enthuse the youth of, of Tala, which I saw when you got elected. I mean, ever kind of simmer around your head, like maybe I could do something even bigger than this. Absolutely. We could be. We could have a session in Artis Nukhtaran. <laughs> Um, no, I do. Have, I definitely could believe that because what I'm looking at now is I'm looking at the situation of this place, and I'm like, how not? Why couldn't we? Like, why would I ever write myself off? This is like guys. It's like I was looking into the UFC back in the day. Like we're looking at guys that we technically was just so much better than, and we could say, oh, I could be him. Maybe you can't say that. Well, say, I'm saying it again, and I'm saying it in a situation of like, if I was the president of the world. I would probably represent more people on this island than the, re- the president of Ireland. And that's literally what we're talking about. And I would, you, you could put me as a manager for the ministers. That's what the president should be. And he should be the one talking and telling Owen Murphy and all. What, calling him into his office and saying, why is homelessness going up? You said last month the homelessness was going to go down. And now it's gone up. Answer for yourself, boy. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, this should be. And Leo should be getting dragged in and saying, listen. Where a president doesn't really do that, and it's kind of like they have it all sewn up in all so many ways, and you don't say that, and I don't say that. So it would be a mad situation for the president thing to come up. When the, the last president's um, election was coming up, like, did you know many people in it? Oh, so so if Paddy Hulan put his name forward for it, I'm pretty sure you'd get lads out there that are fed up with doing things and saying, you know what? If he can be president, anything is possible, and that is possible. You were the most talked about electorate even before the thing. Like I know I'm from Blanchetown, I'm from the opposite end of the city than you. And we and everyone out there is like, can we vote for buddy? And the thing is, in a presidential election, could you imagine my reach in that oh, that way? In the way of like we're ordinary people that like just go, you know what? He's like and as as I said, they they go into me presidential campaign and be like, Well back in nineteen ninety two we you know, farted on a dog's head. Because <laughs> <laughs> you did it, buddy. You know what I mean? It's like so you can't be president. And that's that's the thing. What are we looking for? A perfect president? Well, no. We're looking for somebody that has the experience to understand what it's like, right? If if Leo Radcliffe was to say to me, like, yeah, yeah, but you were on the dole or something like that, I'd be like, yeah, that means I know how to budget the dole. So I know exactly what Mary down the road is talking about when she's talking about budgeting it. You don't, mate. And when your kid gets sick, I've set an A&E for 14 hours to 16 hours. You haven't. Yeah. So we're in a situation where... Do we want to be ruled by people that have haven't not took a piss in the shoes that we are walking in, or let's give a chance? Like, what what is it to you if we became president for a few years? I'd love it. Yeah, you'd love it. But imagine some lad that didn't love it. Like, what's it, what's it to him? How much damage can I do? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. So let's give it a go. Let's have a go at this. You know. Of one more, Paddy. Um, hooligan number one for Christmas. Oh, that it gets my vote anyway. Are you confident? You know, this is a whole new world again. We don't know. But it's an amazing read. As I'll say again, I know you my whole life, pretty much. And when I was reading that, I was like, holy shit. 
and, and you got the text message to prove it. I mean, I feel like a lot of people are going to be that way. Do you feel like you can do it, number one? Um, yeah. So, like, why not? Like, why couldn't we? No, people, people, people buy it. And I think people will understand the story. Anybody that's out there that middle class, elite class, a booking class, there's something in that book for everybody, you know what I mean? And the thing is, I've walked with, I've walked and, and been with all classes, and the thing is, I'm accepted amongst them all as well. So, to me, it, it has, there's something in that book for everybody, you know? Like, and, and we all suffer from these these mental spells that get us and, and, and drag us down and stuff like that, and there's there's times in that where I am on, I'm literally on the floor. So, to me, even to read a few of them, uh, them, them passages and then go, do you know what? Like, he's this big, tough, tough UFC fighter of your must or whatever. And it's like, why not? Sometimes we're just literally delicate, and that's all right. But you have to have process of being able to get back to being strong again, you know what I mean? And so it's all right to be, to be delicate as well at times, but you're recovering. It's like after a fight, you know? You'll be strong again. Paddy, I love you. You're, you're a legend. And uh, it, was a, it was a pleasure to be involved tonight. Thanks so much for inviting me. You involved so much, Petey, because you deserve it. And thanks so much to Paddy. Make sure you go out and check out Hooligan, uh, which is available in all competitive bookstores. You can get it, of course, if you're one of our many listeners in the US, you can also get it online. So uh, look into it. Um, yeah, let's start off with Cage Warriors. It's a big return this weekend to Ireland. For me, uh, as I said to Graham Boylan earlier in that interview, it's all about this is the next generation who could potentially go on to be UFC fighters. Yeah. And um, that's really what we need. We are we are starving for that at the moment, and it's something that no other promotion can really get us. We can't really achieve it with any other promotion, really. You know, um, it's not the same feeling with Bellator. No, <laughs> um, and look, uh, Sean's interview, as we said earlier, sparked a lot of um, controversy. But I mean, it, it it does every time this Cage Warriors and Bellator thing. Like, Ian didn't really say anything new. Yeah. These are things that have been said over and over again. But you can feel like the Bellator people are feeling a bit threatened by it because they've all come out and so defendedly ferociously defended uh, the banner which of course they were going to but do they realise when they do this like Bellator writing back to the tweet it's and everything, terrible I thought that no, was, they're that actually, was awful they're actually that. like pumping this event up yeah. bigger for Cage Warriors yeah no 100% like, when the answer the, the problem is right everybody gets on to me um, after this thing breaks and I was like I've been involved in this too many times yeah. to even get involved mm. just, like, just like this again I'm not doing it yeah. Um I'm sure it's going to happen again next yeah, week. That's part of the did, course. I saw it escalate. Um, I was like, nah. Oh, do you know how many times I've been like, oh, you've instigated this, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, all right. Yeah. So um, I saw it kicking off. And then I was getting on, a few people from Bellator getting onto me. And I was like, lads, they were saying like, only, if only four people went to the UFC this year. And I was like, that's why it's interesting. No, not everybody's going to go. But that's why it's interesting. They're all fighting for this one small thing. Bellator signed half of Europe. Yeah, but, um, like we'll the, but they haven't been able to make a compelling fight because they aren't fighting for anything. Yeah, you know I what I mean? This is the problem with the, the, the European scene, even with the likes of Queely, who we feel is like elite after mm-hmm. that scope fight. Who's he going to fight next? It doesn't feel like he's building towards anything. Yeah, it was it's just, just a bunch of fights, market. you know? Um, that's the one thing that I guess that the Bellator can't really compete with Cage Warriors on. And it's, it's, it's the fact that these guys are going to the UFC, and of course they're going to say money, money, money. That's great. Um, but that doesn't put arses in seats at the end of the day. Yeah. Nobody's nobody's paying dig- paying for a fight and going, do you know what, I'm going to go and see this because I'm so pumped about them all getting paid so well. There you go. Like, it's great for the fighters. Don't get me wrong, I'm thrilled. Yeah. I'm thrilled for the for the fighters, everyone involved. But that isn't compelling from a sports point of view. It's not. Not at all. I th- you've, you've said it all there in one for me, I think. 
you know, the, the elusiveness is the lack, and maybe it's tougher to get signed by the UFC. Um, no great disrespect to the guys that have been signed and picked up by Bellator here in Europe, but it's very different towards their American shows, a lot of them. And let's just be honest about it, you know, we've seen a lack of Irish fighters, as you said, being signed to the UFC. I think that makes it more intriguing because it is the biggest show in the world. Um, and I just think that's the bottom line. You know, if you are a martial artist um, and you want to go to Bellator, I can totally understand that because the money point of view that is there. But if you want to go, if you want to fulfill your dreams, it is the UFC, mate. You know, what do we grow up watching? What do well, we grow up watching? No, UFC. UFC. But, like, but what I'm trying to say is, um, like, so Bellator did a great thing. You know, a lot of people talk about what they've done for Irish MMA. But it's like, it's one gym, really, you know? Like, yeah. like, like. I mean, you get, obviously, we, you know, a few guys from Rhino. Outside of that, there's not a lot of, you know, outside of SBG, who are very affiliated with Bellator these days, it's 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 tough to see it good for the, the, the whole nation, you know? It's damaging, yeah. And then, I don't know if it's damaging, but... Well, it is to certain other smaller gyms who can't get guys pro fights. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, that's why Cage Warriors, yeah. it's, it's such a good thing. Like, yeah. we have guys from uh, the Cork... Liam um, Beachner's guys, the Maguire brothers, um, you know, it, it, lots of different options. Rhino guys, you know, FAI, Team KF, of course. Yep. So it's a, it's really good to see that. Um, that's so what we I need. feel like that's why it's so important that Cage Warriors. Yeah, but back, it's you know? it, it, it's more uh, possibly of a leveling level playing field for for other gyms, as, as we just said. They're getting fighters on pro cards, and it's it, it's essential for the development um, of the sport in this country. And I think. It's good to see Cage Warriors back in Somerset, but I'm still a little bit um, worried about this card on, on, on Saturday. Are you afraid there will be a late spanner in yes. the works? Same here. And I said it to Graham in the interview as well. I'm like... Should look, at the, look at the Dublin card. Yeah. I, I hope it doesn't happen because... It'd be an awful shame. Because there's going to be a lot of work to do then as well for everyone, including us, if that does, if there is a, a late kind of a thing. I think it's huge that they're back. Um, I'm really excited about it. Um, and if I have to say, like... Um, I've seen a lot of guys who I expect to go on to greatness in Irish MMA. And sometimes I feel like the spotlight can take away from that. And that's that's why I feel like now this fight's become even bigger for Ian Gary. Because of this thing that happened, it went viral, obviously, with, with Sean, the, the statement that he made. Uh, Bellator being like Barnsley. <laughs> but it does change the situation now. Because now we're, we were all just talking about how this guy's the next guy next big thing from the Republic of Ireland that's going to fight in the UFC, essentially. That, that, that was pie in the sky. That's where this guy could go. And now it's going to be all of these guys from Bellator want this guy to lose. You know, it's different pressure. Yeah. It's a lot of expectation. And that's where I feel like it's changed slightly what we're going to see on Saturday, you know? From Ian himself. For Ian. For Ian, yeah, yeah. Not from Ian. I don't think he impressed me an awful lot. It's the first time I've sat down with him and spoken. Oh, yeah, yeah. Week. No, he's great. But I'm just saying it's a different thing now. I mean, it, it, there's a different storyline now. You yeah, know? there is a different storyline. Yeah. But it's 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 storyline that's going to put eyes on Ian Gary. And I think... Like, right now, he's a more talked about fighter than Reese McKee at, yeah. at the, in the headline event. He, he is, yeah. And I, listen, it's, it's good things for him as long as he doesn't get sucked up in it emotionally. I don't think know. he will. I've talked to him yeah, no, that, that's what, that's I think what I mean. it's daunting when it first happens, though. You know, you're like, whoa. Yeah, it is. I think it always is. Um if there's any sort of commotion online or anything like that regarding yourself, but he's a guy that you know I was imp- massively impressed by his maturity and what he was saying. And when I sp- spoke with him, he understands the game, he understands the media. He's one of these guys that will be able to brush that aside and fight. Now it won't be an issue for him. <clears throat> yeah, um, and I think it's just huge for Reese. I think everyone I spoke to yeah. at the media day, any media member, uh, Graham Boylan himself yeah. in our interview, Ian Gary even, 
Everyone thinks it's the next guy that's going from yeah. the we, south. We've said it for God knows how long, Pizzi, and you know it is a massively important fight against a very experienced guy in Hakon Foes. But um, you know, Reese has everything there to get himself there, and he's another guy that's. <laughs> I don't want to bring it up again, but um, you know, he said he would never go down the Bellator route, and he stuck to his, his words and that, and he's he, he stuck with the with the UFC with the UFC dreams and aspirations and. Uh, for Cage Warriors, so I'm massively looking forward to seeing Reese in there. Yeah, looking forward to Paul Lawrence as well, who's moved to KF. Um, devastating power that so guy Paul has. Paul moved to KF? Yeah, oh, I yeah. I didn't realise that, okay. Yeah. Um, Decky McAleen, a man who Andrew McGann's been singing his praises for yeah, God knows how long. He needs a He's win. He's had badly, two losses in a, on the trot with Cage Warriors, so hopefully he'll have that big performance when he takes on 1 0 Jared Southwell. Yeah. Um, also looking forward to seeing the McGuire brothers and Eric Nolan, of course, back in action as well. Um, Moving on, we will have a look at KSW 51 very briefly because I won't really be able to cover this fight because on the same time yeah. as Cage Warriors, it's just a bit of a cluster fluke. Um, Mar- Marius Pudzianowski, obviously, against Erko Young, the main event. That's going to be very compelling for people in Eastern Europe. There's no doubt about it. Boris Mankowski versus uh, Bakosevich in the co-main event. Um, you also have uh, Damien Stasiak against Anton Rakic at 135. That's going to be a brilliant fight. Um yeah, it's going to be a big one. And, and going over to Croatia... Yeah, interesting. I just feel like you got to have Saldic there. Like, I mean, that's what that's missing. That Look, uh, Alexander Illich is going to be on the card. Uh, big deal from around that area, too, in the Balkans. But you got to have Saldic on this card. you got to have him on yeah, the card, man. I'm, no, I'm totally, sick. I totally agree. Well, well, is there any reason, do you know? He injury? just fought too recently. Oh, right, like okay, his fair, last enough. Fight. fair enough, fair enough. And took a short notice opponent as well, so... Fair enough. Um, yeah. And also at the weekend, we have UFC Moscow. Um, Zabit Magomed Sharapov in the main event against Calvin Kaya. That's a serious main it's event, a serious isn't it? fight. Serious great. fight. I expect him to do it, Zabit, though, to be honest. I do. But um, listen, I've been very in, in, impressed with Kaya. I saw him at 2-2-3 yeah, two, yeah. two, um, in person. And, um, you know, really, really solid fighter. Technically good everywhere. But I think, you know, if we look at Zabit Namar Magomed, um, he's on a different level. Um, just... He is on that world-class level, and let's be honest, I think within the next year, this is the real push for him um, to um, kick on in 2020 with a win here, and you know we're going to be seeing him, I think, by title shot at the end of the year against Max Holloway or Volkanovski in the 45-pound division. Definitely. If Greg Hardy beats Alexander Volkov in the co-main event, I'll eat my hat. Okay, there you go. I'm actually going to make you eat your fucking hat if that happens. You um, think he's... In- oh, no, sorry. he's not. He's not going to beat him. <laughs> Listen, this is going to end. We all know how this is going to end. There's going to be an eye poke or something like that. It's it's going to end with um, something stupid again. <laughs> That's literally it. Like, like, how is this going in this position he's in? I don't know. I think Volkanovski, or Volkanovski, Jesus. Said he's looking forward to to challenge the real monster division. Mate, are struggling with the lads that they're bringing off the bench to fight you. <laughs> You're struggling. Yeah, no, listen. This could be it for him. You know, is this? You know, is this? Uh, I think he might be reconsidering things maybe after this fight. Come to the end night. of the road. Yeah, just let him have Gan before he goes home, so we can see. Uh, I think everyone wants to see that one <laughs> against him. But listen, no, you, if, if you're a betting man, you're you're a silly man if you're putting money on him. Um, our uh, good old friend, Mr. Greg Hardy. I don't think he's much of a chance. I'm sick of this adventure. Let's just end it. Yeah. Uh, Danny Roberts is back against uh, Imadev. On the main card too, so um, yeah. Um, listen, Danny's a great fighter to watch. He's, he's a great lad too. He's a lovely fella, but he's, he's, had a, he's had some very, very nasty knockouts. And uh, listen, 
hopefully for him he can go in and put their on a performance and and um, and sort of reverse maybe the, the the thoughts and the memories that are on people's minds. Um, it's a big big fight for Danny. Ed Herman. Um, love Short watching. Ed, love watching Ed Herman fight. Always good. Uh, glad they could get him a replacement opponent. Um, obviously hasn't fought since that win over Pat Cummins earlier this year, but. Um, Ibragimov should be a good test for him. Moving down the card, um, a lot of guys I don't know. Really, like Gamza Tough against don't know Clydeson Abreu. Yeah, don't know. Ramazan Emiev, uh, he's good. He's fighting Anthony Rocco Martin. That's a good fight. Jeez, um, a lot of these lads. I mean, like we're wasting our time. Are you talking about it this? Is, it's not. You know, we spoke about this. Oh shit! Stuff. Roman Kopylov finally making his debut. That's a big one against Carl Robertson. That's a brilliant fight. It's not a deep card, but that's a brilliant fight. Yeah. Copyloft versus Robertson. That's brilliant. Uh, wow, I didn't know he was making his debut here. But he was obviously one of my prospects to watch in uh, 2019, so really excited about that. Um, yeah. It's shallow. Panny there in the court and jerker against Jesse uh, Clark as well. So, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a shy card. Davy Grant <laughs> against Grigori Popoff. Love a bit of Davy. Yeah, Davy's great to watch. Um, That's pretty much it. That's all of it, isn't it? It's not a great card. It really isn't. It's it's, it's not as deep. And you know, I think the UFC, the UFC, US Senate very Dutch. There, um, <laughs> I think they should show the the Russians a little bit more respect because it's a massive market for them there. Yeah, um, but, but the that's USC, that's a huge card for them though. They, like they, yeah, all yeah, these Russian of, guys, all guys, these M one challenges. That, that is that is yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, th- that's pretty much it. It's not. Um, I'll watch it on the gonna, train home from Cork. There you go. It's it's one if of those. If there's Wi-Fi on the train, probably you, not. You wouldn't be. Caught it if you missed it and had to watch it the next day. It's one of those ones, isn't it? But you know, we'll be watching it live. No. Yeah, of course we will. But I'm just saying <laughs> for our listeners, like I wouldn't be fucking tuning in on. I'm pretty know. exhausted now, I have to say. If um, you have a trip to the pub, maybe make it. I'm looking forward to. <laughs> I'm uh, just looking at this fucking rain here. Sure, isn't it? It I'm, is brutal. Well, that's it. That's a. Uh, that's all we have really from an MMA point of view, uh, for this week. MMA. But um, what else? Uh, I, I just need England lost. Oh yeah, the, the, the rugby. rugby. I didn't watch a second of it. Did you not? No. It, to be honest, it was awfully promoted. They've done something seriously wrong with their marketing team. There, you could go all week last week, and I don't think anyone Sky didn't even hardly pick it up, talk about it. And that's very unlike them to not be bragging about the English being in a World Cup final. And it was uh, very subdued, I felt. But uh, United lost again after four fight, four fights, four games. Um, winning very uh, disappointing performance against Bournemouth. They're the right, like, yeah, that's the, we're going to have to accept that. I said a few weeks ago, you know, you'll get your wins and you get your losses, but it's going to be a, a period of a lot of inconsistency. Period. Uh, a period of regrowth. A period of regrowth. Yeah, um, for quite some time. While Liverpool sit top of the table. I'm raging that you're not going to be in. Um, yeah, Cork I can't this make weekend. it down this weekend, unfortunately. Um, I'm only going on the day. Yeah, I'm still. I'm, I'm very disappointed. I'm not going, but uh, you know. Just can't contain her, can't make it. I have prior commitments, so um, yeah, I'll obviously be watching. I'm very much looking forward to the co main and main event and that to see if uh, Mr. McKee can have a successful 170 pound debut. I think it's a big, big moment for him. Um, I think that is like, I mean, if, if there was any complaints um, in terms of that card, it would be that Joe McColgan didn't honest. get a fight. You need to get him on the card. Um, you know. Maybe we'll have a couple of additions this week. I don't know that they haven't announced yet, but it doesn't and why seem... Not, why, not, why not Chris Fields v. Bukaugas? In, in we should have done that, yeah. That would have been fucking great. Sure, Chris is gagging to get back in there by all accounts from his yeah. Twitter. But yeah, well, listen, I know he said it to us once. He definitely said it to us once that he was interested in that, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, he's no, he's, he's coming for a fight, I think, by all accounts. But 
Um, yeah, I think Reese is for me. Um, it's a big test. One one seventy veteran like Hakan Foss. Boylan says moment, he's straight man. into the coil of conversation. Well, with that's a win. it. I think it really is one of those fights where you know, you know, it, this one could open the door in twenty twenty for a path for you for Reese McKee to the UFC, and that's not a word of a lie. You know, one two fights maybe after this, it'll dictate a lot from where Reese Reese's uh, career trajectory is is going to end up, and uh, I think he's all the tools to to do it, and I think that touch of death as we call it will will transfer over you know he's actually been saying that to us as well it's a funny one he goes everyone's saying that now the touch of death um, since we've been saying it and I think it very much is and I expect him to, to land that and hack on Foss on Saturday night um, we're the agenda setters for the European sport it's just a shame that Cork, of course people are taking our lines you know Yeah, it's a shame that Cork is, is getting this limelight Cork's oh, a horrible place. Cork is deadly, man. No, it's not. Well, you, you've never gone to the north side of Dublin, so I mean, you don't fuck. Here, <laughs> meet me 20 what? minutes from my house. Well, why would you want to go anywhere in He sends me a message at a quarter to ten. We're meeting at a quarter past. He's, he's only getting the bus. I've been on the go for two hours. Well, you were late five minutes. I was on time. Well, you changed the time. Uh, yeah. Called an audible on it. Nice. Yeah. Don't do that. 15 minutes. <laughs> Shut up. You're always late anyway. Listen, better late than I pregnant. I would have been standing there. <laughs> oh, I would have been standing there for fucking 20 minutes anyway, so what's the point? Listen, um, I'm going to do that from now on. I'm going to say, like, uh, Pizzi, I'll meet you at quarter past, or 10 o'clock, so you'll come at quarter past, thinking 15 minutes Yeah, well, my you head. know, whenever I can walk 70 yeah. miles, you know, it depends on oh, how I'm walking that morning. Walk. Could have got the bus. Jesus Christ. I wouldn't be walking anywhere in this weather. Look at that fucking shit. Right, well, look, I'm going to leave us uh, leave us to it. I don't want to go, yeah. I don't want to go, yeah. I'll leave you in this cafe by yourself. Can I just, can I just talk for the rest of the... Yeah, of course you can. For the last, next half an hour. Right, I've got to right. go. Listen, yeah, good one. Uh, great, great week of fights. And, uh, yeah, pleasure's always been I don't know if Noel's going to be with us next week because I'm going to just have to record that because I'm not going to have time to go... In Cork? Yeah. Showing me on air. <laughs> this is just disgraceful. I just don't have enough fucking time in the day this and I don't have a car and I don't have a lot of things that I need to have. This is disgraceful. Because I'm the engine room of this podcast, we know that. Fuck you, yeah, you're in your bollocks. (laughs) Come on, I'll talk to you later. All the best.